podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Bye. Vote for IFL in this year's Sports Podcast Awards. Go to www.sportspodcastgroup.com and vote for us in Best Combat Sports Podcast and the Diverse Voices Awards categories. IFL Pod, available across all major streaming platforms now. This is Kuben Cassis for IFL TV. Delighted to be joined, as always, by Mr Gareth A. Davies. Gareth, how are you, mate? Very well indeed. A very happy Sunday to you, Kugan. Yeah, happy Sunday, absolutely. You look like you've been in the gym. Don't know about that. Yeah. I'm about to go out for my uh, 90-minute bike ride. 20 miles. Freezing cold, though, but there we go. There we go. Can't have everything in life. Uh, Gareth, let's talk about, um, obviously, last night, um, Natasha Jonas obviously defeating uh, Michaela Meyer in what has been deemed, well, say a controversial win. Uh, Some people, a lot of people, however you want to put it, have um, believed that Michaela Meyer did enough to win the fight. So, what was your thoughts on that? Um, I scored it 95-95, but I could easily have scored it 96-94 to Michaela Mayer as well. Um, I even get the 97-93 for Michaela Mayer um, that people feel. Um, Obviously, that's a one or two round split that way. Um, On the eye test, Michaela Mayer definitely won the fight. If you weren't scoring it, you would give it to her because... Forward pressure, um, heavier pressure, um, the the tenacity that she showed during the fight, the relentlessness. But if you were watching it really closely, that was a very, very close fight. Um, there were many rounds that were hard to score. Um, I gave Mayer rounds four to seven clear. Um, I also gave her the second I gave Jonas the first and the third, and I gave Jonas the last three to make it a draw. But I could have easily scored one of those for Mayer as well. Mm. Um, But that's how I came out, 95-95. But I do not see a way that Natasha was a winner on the cards in in my book. I can't find another round that goes her way. Um, So I don't understand the scoring of the judges. I mean, for me, it's a draw. Or it's it's a mayor victory, um, and also if justice is served, they they're going to have to play it back, Coog. And I don't know if you agree with me, but they need a second fight. It was it was a fantastic fight, relentless action. And to all those that say women should be fighting three minute rounds, yes, we wouldn't get controversial, very close fights like that if it was all three minute rounds, but we wouldn't get the action we got in that fight if it was three-minute rounds either. Um, Maybe at that elite level, they need to change it. But I think the quality of the fight over 10 rounds, 10 two-minute rounds was there. I don't think we'd have got the same thing in three-minute rounds. I don't know if you think about that. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously they addressed it after the fight about the potential of um, another fight with the the aspect of having three-minute rounds and it is like, say, chalk and cheese, but it is. The two minutes to the three minute rounds uh, in that situation 
in the completely, completely different fight. You go from yeah. aerobic to anaerobic to aerobic, aerobic to anaerobic with the extra minutes. So it, it, it's a completely different contest. Um, and it needs a lot of thinking. If they want to do it, happy to go with it and see it. But at the moment, I think we're getting great women's fights because it's two-minute rounds. And I think we're getting entertaining fights uh, as a result. I hope they fight again. Obviously, mm. they're both chasing fights with um, the likes of Katie Taylor. Um, and, and if Jonas got an offer of Katie Taylor, I'm sure she'd take that rather than Michaela Mayer. But I always, almost feel that she owes a rematch with Michaela May. It was a brilliant fight. The respect levels between the, the two elite women were brilliant all the way throughout. I mean, I picked Jonas to win on points, but I don't see anything other than a draw or a victory by 6-4 or 7-3 if you push those two rounds towards the end in, in Mayer's favour as well. I mean, if you're Natasha Jonas, obviously, she's um, edged a close fight. It's no fault of her own. Um, she got given the decision. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know everyone had their opinion last night and also today on social media. But, yeah, listen, Natasha, in her and her team's perspective, edged a close fight. So, you know, what happens after that is kind of whatever happened, but it's no fault for Natasha's. No, it's not, it's not her fault, but... It, look, it's 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 her, to her credit that the almost the entire crowd there was for Natasha, was for Liverpool, was for her t- to have a victory. I mean, if you recall during the the United States um, anthem, there was kind of a hubbub. There wasn't silence for it. It was a very partisan crowd that totally and utterly wanted this very popular fighter to win. And you look at the build-up all week. It was about what a legend of Liverpool boxing she was, one of the great legends. They didn't mention people like Jem Mace um, back years and decades and decades ago, coming back to Liverpool Station to be met by, you know, 5,000 people at the train station. There's a, there's a massive history of great fighters. You heard Tony Bellew talking about her, the, the, Liam, the, the Smith brothers. Um, she's a very, very... And, and I've known her for a long time as well. I think since about 2005, always covered Tasha's career. She's a she's a very graceful, um, uh, very um, heroine-like figure, not just in that part of the world, but in women's boxing. She was she had a very very tough fight last night, and you could see while they were waiting for their hands to be raised. I think it was Howard Foster was the ref for that fight from memory. Oh, was it Michael Alexander? It was either Michael Alexander or Howard Foster. They did the two main fights. Um, they didn't know who was the winner. Tasha didn't know. It was such a close fight. Neither of them actually knew. But home advantage definitely helped her last night. Mm. Um, when you look back, at obviously, since Natasha turned pro, and like I said, she's in with elite fighter after elite fighter. Um, and she was last night in Michaela Meyer. But when you look at since that loss she had to Vivian Albanyoff, um a few years ago now, uh, what she's managed to kind of turn around from that yeah. point to what she accomplished last night is something that not just the people of Liverpool should be proud of, but just boxing should be proud of, especially in this country. Yeah, I mean, that Obenhoff was the turning point. She, she, you know, she's 39, isn't she? 
what's that three years ago maybe open half and you look at you look at how she's turned the corner what she's done going up the weight divisions um being you know all the way to light middleweight she didn't even look like a big welterweight last night against um against Michaela Mayer uh, Michaela Mayer who actually looked a lot bigger than her in the ring and who I think is probably 150 odd when she was in there maybe even a little more um because Michaela's been boiling down her body for ages and and by the way has a big future there in that division even at 154 she might have a future um no th there's no doubt about it that Natasha Jonas um has I mean, even you go back to 2012 in the Olympics, um, that that quarterfinal, sorry, was it semi-final bout with uh, um, with Katie Taylor took the roof off the place. I mean, being there was extraordinary. The noise in there, Tasha's supporters, the Irish fans, 10,000 people who couldn't get a seat in the arena, completely sold out. Um, all the way back to then, she's and, and even before that with the GB team, she's really made her mark. And and you look at the work she's now doing with women in boxing, um, the fact that she's started to carve a career as a commentator and an analyst. Um, you know, she, she's she's very perspicacious and meticulous about how she sees the sport. She knows it in, inside and out. You know, the, 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 the lady is on the way to, to more and greater decorated things than just being a world champion in the sport. She's got a great future. They're a sporting family. I'm sure that she will be looked on and relied upon as time goes on to be a significant figure, not just in the growth of women's sport, but in grassroots sport, Coogan. She's got a bigger role in our society doing those kind of things. And it's probably not too far off. She's probably only got two or three fights left. If she fought Mayer again, if she fought um, Katie Taylor, who else is there? You know, there's the McCaskills. There's there's a, potentially a Chantel Cameron fight. Outside that, who else does she want to fight? Mm. Um, regardless, she's had a fantastic career, um, Natasha Jonas. And if this is her last year in boxing, then, like I said, we'll see what happens from that. But yeah. she has had exactly. a, a fantastic career, uh, both in amateur and professional. I completely agree. I, and as I said, there's a bigger role for her to play as well. She, I, look, if she goes into the middle of next year, if big paydays are there available for her, you could see last night that that was hard work for her. Imagine her doing 10 threes or 12 threes, you know? You know, I, I'd have favoured uh, Mayer to take that last night if it was three-minute rounds. No question about it. Okay, um, Gareth, as we like to always do, is a uh, probe you on other situations uh, occurring in boxing. Uh, oh, there's more. Oh, there's more, is that? Okay. Always more, Gareth. Um, let me ask your opinion. It's, it seems like um, it's not a rivalry because a lot of them haven't fought, but the whole kind of situation that I'd say involves like Connor Ben, Kel Brook, Chris Eubank. Um, yeah. Liam Smith has kind of reared its head over the last week, especially uh, probably from interviews that Liam Smith has done and et cetera. And Kel Brook also yesterday as well. Yeah. What do you see in this situation about what can potentially happen? We know Conor Ben's obviously got a fight coming up on the 3rd of um, February in America. We know Chris Eubank probably isn't far away from announcing a fight. 
um, in the near future. But what, how do you see this situation regarding kind of those four fighters in particular? Um, if I was seeing it logically, if Conor Ben comes through his fight on February the 3rd in Las Vegas, and then um, um, the the appeal is won or lost by the boards and UCAD, and he's free to apply for a, for a British licence again, I think Cal Brook's a good fight for him. Um, it's a good fight for Cal Brook because Brook's a, a naturally bigger guy, a natural welterweight anyway. Um, and yes, we know that he's very late in his career now, um, very long in the tooth, but that fight works. And I think the Liam Smith, um, Chris Eubank Jr. trilogy is there. It's a really good fight. We've had its flip-flop, haven't we, in the two fights. I'd really like to see a third fight where they're both fully fit um, and they've got it all to fight for. Um, the, the, the thing is with Eubank, he wants a world title fight. He wanted Yannibek Alimkanuli, didn't he? Uh, but that fight didn't materialise. I did speak to him about that a couple of weeks back. It might have been at the Day of Reckoning out in Saudi uh, when he was there ringside. I think it was, actually. It was on air. Um, so I see that as the potential. If Conor Ben and Chris Eubank, if he gets his license, if Conor gets his license in the UK again, there's a lot of money there for that Chris Eubank fight. But I still think he's overmatched against against Chris Eubank at middleweight. Um, but again, if he wants to try and prove something, very happy to see it. Very happy to see that fight if if it's signed for this year. But I think. I think Eubank um, Jr. will want Ben either to get that license or if now with this developing relationship, I know Eddie Hearn has said that he wants to fight that fight in the UK. And as Frank Warren said, there's always, it's very important to build in the UK still. I was at his Magnificent Seven um, launch last week uh, for the uh, March the 16th, I want to say, I think it is. Um, with a great card with Heaney and um, all those guys on that card, um, Liam Davis and others. Um, you don't know with this developing relationship with Eddie Hearn, you might see that fight over in Saudi Arabia with, with uh, His Excellency Turkey El Sheikh. Having said that, I think Ben Eubank is a specifically based in Britain fight, in my view. So I, I, I don't, I wouldn't see it going outside the UK because I think you can get a lot of people to that fight because it's a historic uh, nostalgia fight. That's how I see those playing out. Eubank is after a world title fight. If he can't get it, he might fight um, Smith. If he can't and Ben can fight in the UK, um, I could see him fighting Ben, but I could also see Ben fighting Cal uh, Brook because that's a, that's a decent fight and it sells a lot of tickets. Mm. Ben wins that though. Ben wins that handily, in my view. Cal gives him trouble for a few rounds, but I think he I mean, Cal's a long standing friend of mine. I'm not picking on what I want to win, who I want to win, who I I'm saying who I believe would win. I think Ben wins that round in five that fight in five or six rounds. Okay. Um another <laughs> I suppose, long-awaited rematch, nearly two years now in the making. Um, whether it happens this year or not, we'll see. But uh, Jack Cattrall and Josh Taylor um, yep. been active over the last 
three or four days on social media regarding a potential rematch. Um, I actually interviewed Jack Cattrall yesterday. Josh Taylor was interviewed this week uh, several times. Um, there seems to be a little bit of um, yeah, uh, a, a, con- a confusion, shall we say, with um, offers that have been made, terms that have been agreed. I'll just read you a Jack Cattrall um, tweet that he put out only a couple of hours ago. He said, I've agreed terms and you apparently want the fight. You enormous bellend. So if, if we both want it, I have agreed to terms that the fight is going to happen. I'll sign the contracts with a crown, then punch your silly square head clean off your neck. Right, so it seems like Jack Cattrall, from these tweets and interviews, has accepted whatever terms have been put to him, potentially. Um, it seems like Josh Taylor, it's not the same case for Josh Taylor, should we say, in that respect. But it's a fight that we do need to see and we need kind of need to draw a line under as well. It's been two years since that that um, controversial fight um, in Scotland um, back in 2022 now. What's your thoughts, Gareth? Yeah, it was a, it was a very controversial fight at the time and, and, the, and the scoring was off. Um, it's a fight that both men need in lots of ways. Um, Josh Taylor almost needs it now to, to put the record straight. And he said that himself. He was on air on Talk Sport last night and he was saying how, um, you know, he's ready to take the fight, but the, the, the contracts are all with the lawyers. He, he shot down in flames that the fight could happen outside the UK. He said it's a UK fight. He wants to have it in the UK. Um, Obviously, they, they both went back and forth last week, having a pop at each other over who sells tickets, who doesn't. Um, as you say, there's there's plenty of um, vulgarities and insults towards each other floating around at the moment that will help to sell the fight anyway. We know there's a lot of uh, um, enmity between them. They'll probably always be frenemies, even if they have respect for each other after two more fights. Um, it'll take a long time for that... that um, enmity between the two men to settle um i think we will get the fight and i think we'll get it in the summer and i think we'll get it here um in in the uk i mean the the place where it probably sells out best is scotland edinburgh glasgow i'd love it to go there but jack may not want it to go there because of what happened last time um although it was in manchester wasn't it i think which the first fight the first fight with the Cattrall and Taylor was in in Scotland. It was in Scotland. Well, I think. I mean, for some reason, I thought it was in Manchester for a minute. But um, the um, I, I, I just think it's going to be a better atmosphere if they go to um, if they go to to Scotland rather than London or Manchester. Um, but who knows? That might be what they're wrangling over, and that's what the arguments might have been about pulling power uh, last week about where they have it. Um, because, you know, Taylor may be demanding that they have it in, in Scotland um, rather than um, in the north of England or London. Um, Taylor's argument being that Cattrall doesn't sell enough tickets, um, which may or may not be true. I don't know. I don't know what, what, where he is with ticket sales, but I do think it'll sell out in um, in Scotland. But I also think it might work in Manchester if they drive up enough controversy between them and have a nice lead time and a couple of spicy press conferences. 
and go on a bit of a tour. But yeah, it's a fight we need to see. It looks like it's on the way. I reckon we'll get it early summer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm in brilliant view. Obviously, I think it does sell, whether it's in Manchester or in Scotland. I think the hype around it will definitely feel kind of hydro or the Manchester Arena. What's it called now? The AO Arena. Um, I do think it will sell wherever it goes, that fight, to be fair. Um, but, but London's a big ask for And fans. London as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of that, London, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, and, and at the end of the day, Taylor can, even though, you know, almost all fight fans believe um, Cat, Jack Catchell won that fight, Taylor's got the W on his record. So he can, he can pull the punches here in terms of the negotiation. Because in a way, Catchell needs it more than Taylor. But I do think, um, I do think they'll have the fight. Because obviously there was a time when Taylor was on the up and up. And obviously, since the loss to Tiafimo Lopez, he's not going to get a fight at welterweight with um, with a Terence Crawford or any of these guys. But the other thing is, what weight are these guys going to do with that? Is it going to be at welter? Is it going to be at a catch weight? I don't think we know that yet either. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It is, like I said, there's a lot of um, ifs and buts about the fight. But ultimately, we do that, that kind of book from... 2021 needs to be closed at some point this yeah. year. And like I said, whether it's too late for Jack or perfect timing for Josh or vice versa, well, only time can tell, Gera. Yeah, exactly. But but I think this year is the year to have the fight. Otherwise, I think it's not there anymore. Yeah. You know? Gareth, who wins? Um, Lennox Lewis or Eddie Hearn? In In what? Oh, I'm sure you would have seen their back and forth over the last four or five days. I have. Uh, who, who wins? Um, well, they both got a point. Um, the thing is, if Lennox was around now, like any other fighter, like Carl Froch was around now, um, look, um, I think... Gareth, before you say anything, can, let me just forgive people a little bit of context about what okay, we're yeah, yeah, about. So yeah. Lennox puts a tweet out the other day. Yeah, um, yeah. And says, I'll read the tweet out. It says, in my opinion, this fight, talking about AJ and Nganu, adds zero credibility to AJ's resume. He's supposed to win this fight. And when he does, what does he gain or learn by beating someone in his second heavyweight fight? If he loses, this is an absolute disaster. The same stood for Fury, and it almost cost him everything. So obviously, Lennox's very critical of... Um, AJ's next opponent. We know there's been a little bit of a an underlying. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in saying it, or maybe I'm bang on. But there has been a little thing between Lennox and AJ over the years, which you would have seen yeah. read between the lines of. So this kind of probably just adds to that a little bit. Like I said, I don't know. I'm not going to go out and say that Lennox doesn't like AJ, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but there has been comments back and forth over the last kind of six, seven years between uh, AJ and, and Lennox? Yeah. I'm just having a look here, right? I was looking at this the other day. Um, Lennox's last 16 fights, right? Yeah. There's one in London. Yeah. 
Right. All the other fights, there was the South Africa fight. Um, and then Los Angeles, Nevada, Nevada, New York, Nevada, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, New Jersey, Nevada, and Nevada when he first won the WBC heavyweight title. Now, both men have got arguments. One, I do agree with you, I think. And, and, and Carl Crotch is the same as well. I think five of his last 12 were in America as well, or Finland or Norway or um, in different places. Because there's been a lot of argument about should fights be going to Saudi, da da da, da. To address your, your actual point here about AJ fighting Nagano, obviously he's getting paid enormously for the fight. Um, yes, Nagano isn't in the title picture. He's an MMA fighter who's been the UFC heavyweight champion, but the matchmaking works for this fight. Anyone that's interested in fight sports would buy this fight. So um, by dint of his performance against Otto Valin and the fact that Deontay Wilder wasn't relevant to fight Joshua now because of what Joseph Parker did against him back on December the 23rd out there in Riyadh, it works to put Joshua in with Nagano. I can't find a single person that isn't interested in that fight. Okay? Now, um, if, if Lennox Lewis is questioning the credentials of Joshua, who's number three in the world, in my view, to challenge for the undisputed title if he beats Nagano, um, that it only works at the moment because of the matchmaking and where we are with the players in the positions. Um, does it enhance his credentials? Yes, I think it does. Look what Nagano did against the guy who's considered the number one heavyweight in the world, the lineal heavyweight champion. There is jeopardy in this fight against Nagano. Joshua may lose this fight. Um, and I think if Lennox Lewis had been in the same position, what my point was... Lennox went to America to have his fights because that's where the big heavyweight fights were at the time, and that was being offered to him. If Lennox Lewis had been offered Francis Ngannou at this point in his career, I think he'd have taken it as well. If, it, if he was being offered thirty million for it or forty million, he would have taken it as well. Come on, they're all prize fighters. Gareth, let me just kind of yeah extend from what the, the tweets, because there was a lot of tweets actually between... I know, that, that's to answer your question yeah. there, though. But yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But I'm just going to go on from that, where um, Lennox tweeted Eddie and said, OK, at, at Eddie Hearn, I know this is a promoter in news speaking, so I'll break it down like a boxing fan. If AJ beats Ngannou, which he should, does that elevate yeah. him to a shot at Undisputed, beating Wallin and Ngannou? That's... The, there's much a better case for the winner of Parker and Zhang. Now, Eddie Hearn... Can... No, I, I don't disagree with that. I, 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 I think... I think I don't disagree with that. Okay. The winner of Parker but, and Zhang. Yeah. Yes, OK. But Eddie Hearn came back with this. Break down whatever you want. His Excellency confirmed the plan. Winner of Joshua Ngannou fights the winner of Fury and Usyk. Now, we know that... If that's the accurate plan, then there's more likely a chance that that will actually occur after March the 8th. Um, 
The dream is, this is from Eddie Hearn, continued, the dream has always been undisputed and we are only one win away from challenging it. No problem with you preferring Parker or Zang getting a shot uh, at undisputed over AJ. So if the plan internally or whichever way you want to put it is if Turkey Al Sheikh has said that the winner of um, the fight with AJ and, and Ghana will face the winner of Fury and Usyk, we know that that is more than likely going to happen. So yeah. from, from Eddie Hearn's perspective, he's accurate in what he's saying. That, but, but what they want, what, what they want is obviously Fury and Joshua, which is an enormous fight. The problem comes if Naganu beats Joshua. Should the big question people should be asking is should Naganu get a shot at the undisputed title? Yes, agreed. Joshua? That's the bigger question. Yeah. That's going to be the bigger moral debate, if you like. And do you know what? I am not going to put it past John Mabomba, Dewey Cooper and Mike Tyson to get this big fella Naganu over the line against Joshua. You cannot write him off. And then if we, we may get the rematch between Fury and Naganu, if Fury beats Usyk, we may get the rematch of Fury and Naganu for the undisputed title. Then people will have an issue. There. People will be debating it till the cows come home, you know. They'll be debating it all night and then the next two weeks. Because obviously, look, the ideal plan for... Look, Joshua is, is a huge commercial beast. We know that, yeah? He's a, he's a huge draw. Him against Naganu. What Naganu did against Fury created an amazing situation. It made Naganu a player. Naganu against Joshua. Joshua against Naganu. Isn't it? Is it's the two biggest punchers on the planet, isn't it? Basically, the two heaviest, thuddingest punchers on the planet. If you discount Deontay Wilder where he is at the moment, the two biggest heavyweights, if you like, in terms of weight and size and all those things outside Fury. So it's an amazing event. It's the Rumble in Riyadh. You know, it's the Rumble in the Jungle. Fifty years later, but it's a Rumble in Riyadh. It's knockout chaos. Um, and, it, and it really does sell as an event. But like you say, and, and you can debate this, does the winner of Zhang and Parker actually, rightfully, in terms of body of work and all those things that go with a career, does one of them rightly have stake a claim to the undisputed title? We don't know truly what's going to happen yet. They've said that's going to happen. There's a lot of promotional stuff going on at the moment. Eddie's getting deeply, deeply involved in it, as he's saying, and he's going to say this all the way up to March the 8th and beyond. AJ now, because in, in my view, um, you don't know if those belts are going to um, be, be scattered to the winds after that first fight. Between, the, IBF, um, the IBF in question. Yeah, we don't know. So all of this is just is promotion um, and, and, and it's excitement. And 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 we are going to look at the nuance now, the journeys that they're all going to go on. Um, but again, I'll bring it back to the key thing. All the big fights are happening and they'll all happen. And as long as these guys last, as long as they want to go on, as long as they can still get up in the morning while they're sleeping in their silk pyjamas and go for a run at 5 a.m. and put themselves through camp. And Fury, by the way, looks very lean. I saw him at the, the Joy Awards uh, last night out in Riyadh, and he looked very, very lean. His suit was hanging off him. It's good to see. 
I, I can't wait. It's, I mean, there's no answer. There isn't a clear answer to what you've just said. There are, there are lots of possible scenarios. But like I said, the biggest debate of all will be if Nagano beats, beats Joshua, and he may, he may, because if Joshua can't put him away and he holds his shape and Joshua gets caught by him and Nagano can finish, you know, I, I think it'll, if Joshua wins, I think it might well be by, by 10 round points decision because no one seems to have put Nagano away, even with four ounce gloves uh, in, in MMA. So he may, again, he could go with one big AJ punch. He could go, they might have a 12 round, a 10 round war. Um, you know, you just don't know. But the big debate will be if Nagano wins and Fury wins, should Nagano be fighting for the undisputed? Not long to find out. The next two months um, in boxing is going to be very interesting. Gareth, thank you. What we can do, but if that does happen, what we can do, I know he was an Olympic gold medalist when he after when he came back and he fought Ali, but Spinks had only had. My memory doesn't serve me right. It's either six or seven fights, six, seven or eight fights when he fought Ali for the title. Times change, things evolve. Um, You know. At what point, for example, at what point? I know you were trying to get rid of me there, but I'm, just, I'm starting <laughs> to think about it now. I'm not trying to um, get rid of you. <laughs> Go I'm on. just going to be quite right too, because it's going to get minus. But um, the the at what point does Nagano deserve? To, if he beats Joshua, does he need to beat a Zhang uh, or a, or a Parker then to fight for the undisputed? Maybe he needs one more title, uh, one more victory. You know, if he beats if he beats Joshua. Um, is it, we're going to talk and talk about all of this forever. He's the anomaly in there. He's the joker in the pack. I, and I mean that in terms of a deck of cards, you know? Um, but it's, it's, do you not think it's fascinating at the moment? It's fascinating. And I do think you bring up a good point about the situation regarding AJ and Ngannou. If Ngannou is to win, then kind of, then the attention will turn on whether somebody who's only had two fights at heavyweight deserves a shot at undisputed, 100%. That's, that's yeah. probably the better question. It is the better question. That's a very technical question, you know. Um, because if Nagano's ranked number 10 with the WBC, if he beats Joshua, who I think is three with the WBC, I think at the moment, he's there. So if you do it on ranking, so, you know. But this is where matchmaking and promotion is... It's starting to get fascinating, you know. But we shall see. Gareth, thank you very much for your time. We've done nearly 35 minutes or 36 there you minutes. Go. Getting like Eddie Hearn. It's getting like you and Eddie Hearn. You're missing him, are you? No, not really. Don't even know where he is. Um, well, happy Sunday and have a happy Monday. Gareth, thank you very much. And we'll definitely catch up with you soon. Like I said, boxing is about to get <laughs> serious. So, yeah. Um, let's see how these next two months pan out. Gareth, yes. keep it real. Keep see you it later. Cheers. Cheers. Take care, Gareth. Cheers. Wall Street Memes Casino. I'm fine. And Sportsbook. Get a sign-up bonus of 200% up to $25,000 when joining today. Sign up now. Terms and conditions apply. Vote for IFL in this year's Sports Podcast Awards. Go to www.sportspodcastgroup.com and vote for us in Best Combat Sports Podcast 
and the diverse voices of Wolves categories. IFL Pod, available across all major streaming platforms now. Sports Social Podcast Network.